Welcome to Four Downs, presented by Game On Wisconsin. Four topics, four downs. Now here's your hosts, Aaron Ellis and Monty Moore. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Four Downs. I am your host, Jared Alice, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, uh, Monty Moore. How you doing? I'm good. We are finally getting to watch the Packers play this weekend. It was. Yes. It feels like we haven't seen them in months, even though it's only been technically like you know two weeks. But it's. Uh, it feels awesome that like the game is finally almost here. Right. And, and so, I mean, to be fair, it has felt like a while because it's been two weeks of meaningless football. Right. Because the Lions game was meaningless. So, I mean, it was, it was, you know, fun to kind of watch a little bit, but it wasn't very serious. And then we just had no Packers football last week. So it's been like a while since, uh, you know, we've seen them play and there's just been a lot that's really happened. Yes. Um, It's been busy by Right. Between, (laughs) you know, all of the, you know, players coming back and stuff. So there's just been a lot that's been crammed into the last two weeks without any actual football action from the Packers. (laughs) So um, that being said, uh, we had some wild, wild card weekend stuff. Um, We had our first three day wild card weekend. Um, The Rams and the Cards played on Monday. So we normally do with some of the previous Packers game, but since we did that last week, uh, we're going to give one word to describe your feelings on Wild Card Weekend. So Monty, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, I'm going to go with disappointing. Um, (laughs) Like there were two, there were two decent games, obviously the, you know, that Bengals Raiders game got crazy at the end and then the you know the Niners and Cowboys game was was close but the I mean if they're the NFL wanted any more proof that you know if they actually care about the product they're putting out there that it was a mistake to expand the playoff teams because without them expanding it we don't get those embarrassments that nobody wanted to watch of Pittsburgh and the Chiefs (laughs) and the Eagles and the Bucks like both of those games I think probably past the first quarter, nobody knew that there was anything to watch for. So, right. It was very, I mean, and and I, and I made this joke on Twitter and on, on Brandon off topic this week that, you know, but the the problem is, is I still watched both of those games. Oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, it's like, it's like pizza or or even sex. Like even, even if it's bad, it's good. Like it's better than not having any. And that's kind of how I felt. Um, except of course the two teams that were kind of in it were obviously Tom Brady and nobody wants like everybody's <laughs> sick to death of Tom Brady. So that was really that game ended up being frustrating to watch. And I was also pissed that we even had like Ben Roethlisberger in the playoffs because right. FYI, I don't like him. <laughs> I've mentioned that on our show before. Um and so seeing that because we should have had a goddamn tie, goddamn you, Brandon Staley, and um, and, and it ended up being an ass kicking in both. So it was just like, okay. Yeah. And I still you know, fucking watched it. <laughs> the, the one thing that actually matters isn't going to change their minds because I don't know, you saw the news, probably the ratings were through the roof. It was, mm-hmm. they got insanely good ratings that you don't have enough, having a game on a Monday night. And 
I, I, I saw someone say like, oh, it's awesome because it's more football. It's like, no, it's the same amount that you had last year. They just take a game away out, out of one of those Saturday and Sunday days. And I, I thought it was weird the kind of the way they set it up too, that like both NFC games were on, you know, they had two NFC games on Saturday, two mm-hmm. AFC, you know, like AFC, AFC on Saturday, yeah, and two then AFC NFC. on Saturday, two NFC on Sunday. I was like, why would you not give us one of each on each day? But well, I see there, it makes sense to me because somebody on Monday, an NFC team was going to have to play in a short week. Imagine it, Tampa Bay playing on Saturday and then not having to play until Sunday because, true. you know, they get an extra day's rest while the Rams and the cards get one less day. Yeah. Like, no, so that's, that's an extra like a day and a half swing kind of a thing. Yeah. So it, it that is probably the that's the only reason because I thought about that, too. And then I was like, oh, it's probably because of the Monday games fucked up everything with the scheduling. And so they probably looked at it and said, like, what makes the most sense of who's going to have a benefit? And guess who gets an extra day rest, or guess who gets to play the team that has a short week? Yeah. Tom fucking Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like you, <laughs> I said the F word like five times already. You knew when that you knew when that like new provision came out, there was going to mm-hmm. be a Monday game. Like, and a lot of people said it as a joke. A lot of people were serious, but like, you knew they're like, whoever plays Mondays playing the bucks. Like, you just, <laughs> right. like, you just knew it was going to happen. Right. And I, and so, I, I mean, the, the good thing about that is like, if, if the, if the Eagles somehow won, like, I think the Packers would be playing the Monday team right on Sunday. You know, yeah. I, I definitely think that they would have, um, you know, made it as long as possible, but it, it's just horseshit that either of those teams have to play on a short week. Yeah. In my opinion, but now thankfully for the Rams, I mean, they did, they might as well have had a buy because the Cardinals never even <laughs> got up. off the freaking bus. <laughs> brutal. Right. Um, well, my my word is um, very similar. It's um, it's I was gonna I was gonna say disappointing, but we'll just go eh. Still your thumb. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll just go eh. Like it was it was very um, you know a couple of good games, and my my biggest issue, and maybe maybe this should have been there were just two dramatic moments, and it just happened to be in two um, intense games. Uh, the 49ers and the Cowboys game. And it's funny because I thought the officiating was not very good, but in the one moment that people are most talking about, yeah. it actually was not bad officiating. It was just poor execution by right. Dallas on their final play um, to not slide sooner and not get the ball to the official. Like every other fucking team has to do. Yeah, you can't you just have- hand it to the center. Right, right. And then just be like, we we think it's okay. Otherwise, every team would be like, no, I think it was five yards further down the field. Yeah. Like I just feel it. The official official doesn't have to decide. So to think that they wouldn't have to touch the ball is just stupid. Um, but also the Bengals and the Raiders had a little bit of drama. Um, I don't think it would have actually um affected the outcome of the game, but it was it's really frustrating yeah. because the officials have been really bad all year. And it's for been... that to be the thing in the spotlight from a game that came down to the wire sucks. Right. And like the NFL doesn't want that. And I agree with you. I don't think it's as big of a deal as I got blown up to be because that dude was whooped on that route and he was beat anyway. Right. So, I mean, sure. It's a bad look, but yeah, I don't, if the ref holds the whistle, I don't think that's an incompletion or anything. Right. And, and the biggest issue for me is 
the NFL doubled down on it and they said the yeah. whistle happened after. Which no, they always for there's do. proof. Like, like I made this comparison on on brand and off topic that it's like the scene from role models where, where the woman's like showing him a video of him stealing TVs. And he was like, that could be any guy. And then he's like, Oh, look at me, Marvin stealing TVs. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. like you were caught in 4k, like everybody yeah, heard always, it. And it's, it's been recorded. Right. And, and it's just at one point, at some point, the NFL needs to like hold themselves accountable. And it's, I believe that officiating crew is not, officiating any more yeah, games in the yeah, playoffs no, they said you're done for the playoffs yeah. anymore but that's not enough like they need to acknowledge that they made the mistake and that the the play should have been dead the second they they blew the whistle they never do that and they need to start doing that because the first step in like forgiveness is the accountability and yeah that's what I don't, gets me and you know people a lot smarter than me know stuff about this but i like everyone talks about you know what do you do like what should the nfl do to fix it and a lot of people say full-time refs, which I think would be a good solution. I just think mm -hmm. it's, you know, kind of hard to implement uh, or not hard, but it's a, it's a, it would be a big undertaking. Um, but why I don't, they should find these guys. Right. I mean, if that, you know, if a player gets fined for taunting for, you know, right. looking at a guy after making a play, <laughs> yeah. like the refs should sure as shit get fined for blowing calls just blatantly or, like you say, when the refs double down too all the time, they will not go to replay very often and admit their initial call was wrong. They like they will mm -hmm. uphold this stuff or make a coach use a challenge when they have no business doing it. And like I I can't count how many times we've, you know, ranted against the officiating on this show this year. But yeah, it's just it never got better through the season. And the playoffs started last weekend and you already have controversy. So that does not bode well for the next three games left in the season. Right. Like at this left. point, like you feel like you need to beat a team by like three scores because <laughs> yeah. one, I mean, we can even transition this into the 49ers come, you know, the Packers and the 49ers who are meeting up tomorrow or, or not tomorrow. It'll be that night, yeah. the night that you're listening. Cause yeah. this actually comes out on Saturdays <laughs> and the game's on Saturday. Sorry. I'm not even drinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's your problem. Yeah, maybe I should be. <laughs> um, and like that game should have been two score game. The Packers should have won by two scores, but they literally handed the 49ers seven points at the end of the half. It should have ended on an intentional grounding and the officials didn't call that. And there were like two or three horrible pass interference calls. And I will say in the first half, there were a couple of calls that favored the Packers as well. But the point being like, it should not be a ref show. No. And to, to the point that like you have to be prepared to try to win by three scores because these these calls can completely change a game. And like, I get it. Refs make mistakes and all the time, but there are certain things that are so obvious. Who blew a fucking whistle? Somebody blew a fucking whistle. Yeah. And and, and I was just going to say, you know, to, I, I can't believe if they want to double down and say, you know, I made it at the, what I thought was the right time. Mm -hmm. that's different than saying, no, nah, it was after the play happened. <laughs> right. no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> and it's been recorded. It was on live TV. Millions of people saw it and millions of people have access to replays. Like it's so stupid. Like, like there's we there's can no all see reason. To, you were caught in 4k, 5k, 20k, <laughs> yeah. 69k, whatever. <laughs> those, those 
crazy ass end zone cameras now where it makes it look like a video game like right. we heard you blow the whistle like, right. <laughs> right so ridiculous all right well let's get into it um with our questions uh that i don't have pulled up because i'm my life is a mess today um <laughs> <laughs> i'll start with my first question so okay. packers 49ers are meeting up um for their second matchup of the season in the postseason, there is obviously a little bit of drama because the Packers and the 49ers kind of met a couple years ago. And there's also been previous playoff matchups, but it, it feels like this Packers team is a better team overall um, than the 49ers team. But what is one thing that the Packers just need to do in order to win on Saturday night? So, I mean, my general thought whenever whenever i think we're the better team um i don't necessarily want to say like all oh, the packers run game has to get going the packers or you know the packers must get aaron Rodgers and Devonte going i just think as long as the packers play a solid game um fundamentally sound game just do play their game and play smart I don't think they need to do any one specific thing. I think they win just by playing their style of football. They're the more talented team. They're at home. They're getting healthier. Um, just to, you know, sidebar, like we, we learned today, um, Merciless is going to get activated. Cobb already got activated. Um, Billy Turner, uh, Matt LaFleur said is playing. So, I mean, like this team is, is getting healthy right now. And as long as they play the way, you know, as long as their best players play the way we expect them to, which we've talked about before is a reason that things didn't go the way that we wanted last year. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it becomes a very comfortable game. So I just think they need to play their style of football. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like just disciplined, just not stupid mistakes. Cause I, I that, that's been an overall theme this season is because I try, I try so hard not to be a Homer because I hate homers and I hate people <laughs> that just, think that the Packers are the best thing since sliced bread right, and that there's no just, wrong. Right. Right. I absolutely hate that. But all of the Packers losses outside of the saints game, which was just a freak game, but the saints completely dominated and credit to them yep. for, for that. But every other loss has just been them shooting themselves in the foot. It has been a lot of mistakes, a lot of not being able to just execute basic things and, just completely being being careless and and no energy, which unfortunately has been it seems to be a theme of Lafleur's Packers of a lot of their issues have surrounded on a lack of energy or focus. Yep. Um. So I, I mean I completely agree. Just if they just go in there and I think they're hungry. Um. I think they have something that they need to prove. Um. And I you know hopefully like yeah if they just execute totally agree. Um, I will just take it one step further and just say win the turnover battle um, because when – go back to the Packers and the 49ers. Uh, I think it was the regular season game. Within just a few drives, there were like two turnovers. There was that one fumble, the fumble yeah, snap by Rodgers. In 2019. Right, yeah. yeah. And then, and then Rodgers threw a really – awful pick in in the first half and it though like when they that, they finally started to get something going and then he threw that ugly pick and it was like there's just no way to come so out. deflating right and the same thing happened against the bucks 
last season um, during the regular season was Rogers throws the pick six and then he throws another pick and it's just like, there's no way to get going. And that is, I think the only way that the 49ers could potentially upset the Packers is if they, the, the Packers completely are not, are just careless with the ball. They need to just yeah. protect the ball. And um, like you said, execute and they completely win this game. Yeah. And I mean, they, you know, obviously there are going to be matchups they want to exploit. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's one of those things where, you know, talk about being hungry and, you know, learning from their mistakes. They, I mean, they have played the 49ers close a lot recently. Um, whether you talk about the week, you know, the, or recently they played them close in the week three game. But before that, um, talking about it feels like now for the first time that the Packers are definitively the better team than this 49er group. Right. Um, 2019, we went there in the regular season. Um, you knew the Packers were good, but the 49ers were the dominant team in the NFC. Like that was a measuring stick game. Packers didn't measure up. So by the time they got to the NFC championship game, you, it was just the feeling as a fan, you know, players obviously thought they could do it. Uh, they should, but as a fan, you kind of just felt like, Hey, if we shock the world, that's amazing. We get to go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. but it kind of, it was very much a feeling like we're fortunate to be here. So now we just have to, you know, have luck on our side. Right. And I would, I would even argue that we both of us felt that way at the beginning of this year, because we picked them to lose that week three game mm-hmm. because at that point, we had we had still had in our minds, okay, the 49ers are the better team. They've been the better team the last couple of times we've played. So to go down there, beat them in week three in what should have been a bigger win than it was, um, we we rallied against the officiating in that game. <laughs> but right. to do that to do that, to to beat them the way we beat them, that was the moment where now you feel the Packers are a better team than this 49er squad, and that hasn't changed the rest of the year. Right. And, and, and the 49ers are a different team from week three, but so are the Packers. Um, Because obviously week three, we were still, everybody was still the talk of the town was still that saints game Yep, because they beat, they went and beat the lions, but everyone was like, Oh, it's the lions, (laughs) right? (laughs) You're going to get your asses kicked by the 49ers. And I believed it too, because it was that saints game was, jarring it I can't it doesn't even feel real it feels like a fever dream still because it just got out of hand so fast and and it's there's obviously they haven't played a game like that since so I fully expected like there was no way that this team had that adversity especially as the injuries like started to pile up we found out Z was out um you know Bakhtiari still wasn't back and then Jair got hurt during the 49ers game like it it was a lot of well he got hurt in the he got hurt in the Steeler game oh the Steeler game yeah why did I oh he got the pick in the 49ers game I flipped yeah Yeah. I'm I'm sorry that's that's my mistake (laughs) um but it it just felt like there was there was no way that they were going to win and and that felt like one of the biggest games of the season to me um is especially overcoming adversity with all the officiating issues and we really got to see like Eric Stokes had a really good game um oh because Kevin King I don't think I think Kevin King was injured and so there's just been kind of a lot there was just a lot of adversity faced and um, 
you know, the Packers aren't the same team since then because they're getting a lot of guys back, a lot of health, um, healthy guys. Because I don't, they didn't have Merciless at that point, and um, yeah, Merciless didn't play in that game. Obviously, right. Z, right? Um, obviously, Bakhtiari, right? And so Russell there's Douglas. right. Did never also Douglas. That's maybe that's what I was thinking when I was talking <laughs> to talking Jair. I was like, their secondary did look way different. Both completely different teams, and the and the 49ers are are facing some injuries. Bosa is questionable. Um, which is huge, but they were very unhealthy to start the season and they've gotten a lot of guys back in the last few weeks. So it's going to be both teams at seemingly full strength. There are a lot of rumors that Garoppolo is not healthy, um, that he's having a shoulder issue in his throwing arm and then his thumb that he did issue or did, did injure earlier is still obviously affecting him. So, yeah, I believe, I believe he's been like fully practicing. So it, I mean, he's going to go. He's right. just obviously not going to be a hundred percent. And, you know, we'll talk a bit about some of this stuff when we get obviously to the, to the score predictions, mm-hmm. but he's never played a game colder than right. like 35 degrees or something like that. Right. So. Yeah. And, and Lambo's going to be full capacity, baby. Yeah. Like yep. there is just no place like it. That is last also an year, advantage that they didn't have last year. Last year we had like, obviously almost no fans and the weather wasn't, packer weather this right. year you're gonna have full like stadium and it's gonna be cold as hell yeah yeah it was like a balmy like 30 degrees last year because <laughs> I, I mean even if you had one of those two right. last year it would have been a huge help but you got neither so yeah. Just, yeah. you know the universe was really like fuck you guys <laughs> the university once again <laughs> up brady's ass um, yeah <laughs> uh yeah so um why don't you go ahead with your first question then all right so mine is Give me one guy from each team that you think will play a bigger role than most people expect. So, you know, when I say give me your X factor, I don't, you know, not Devontae Adams and uh, Nick Bosa. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. so, or Debo Samuel. Kind of, yeah. yeah. According to Packers like, Twitter, like he oh is the God. only, like he runs the every yeah. play, every he's gonna. He's gonna He's going to have 500 yards of total offense and a bunch of touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Three throwing <laughs> touchdowns, six running yeah. touchdowns. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to go with um, Jimmy G. And and I know that sounds like, oh, well, he's the quarterback, of course. But I think that he gets shit on a lot <laughs> because mm-hmm. he, he's not he's not Aaron Rodgers and he played behind Tom Brady and he's not Tom Brady but he knows how to execute within an offense. And that's probably something he learned working with Belichick because, you know, Tom Brady is very good at that as well of just doing what you need to do, taking what like you, you and I have talked about that before, just Tom Brady takes what you will give him and he will do that a thousand times over and over again. And Jimmy G is the same way. He will take what you give him and will run, stay on script within an offense. The, he struggles, I think, more so when he's under pressure. Obviously, yeah. most most quarterbacks do, but he turns into a totally different guy. Right. But when they are running their offense properly and the offensive line is protecting him, he is consistent. He's not he's not normally super dangerous. So or risky, you know, I should say dangerous for the 49ers, meaning he's not going to turn the ball over a ton um in stupid plays unless he's really under pressure and flustered. Right. That was one thing the Packers did really well in the first half against him. They completely threw him off balance in the first half with getting to him and he was completely all over the place so i think jimmy g is is going to be an x factor if he is comfortable in the pocket 
he is going to pick apart or, or going to do what he can to pick apart the defense. So it's huge getting Merciless and Z back, although Z has not been activated. Um, Merciless, I believe they expect to be activated, but even if they just start playing a few snaps just to give the other guys some rest, um, but that is going to be a big, big part of, um, of the 49ers. And as for the Packers, I'm going to go with um, the, Liz- the fucking lizard King. Um the Alien war daddy. Lizard. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> um, because this is where MVS is doubtful, and Randall Cobb was activated today. But the only reason he was activated was because they had to; um, otherwise, they would have lost him for the season, which is so, always so dramatic sounding. Um, like, why? Why can't you just? whatever yeah. <laughs> like I just I don't get it yeah but but um like if, if yeah if you needed one more week you you, you can't do that yeah. but nope, um, sorry yeah um but so there's no guarantee that either of them are going to play and if they do it might not be a lot so this is a big chance for Lazard because you know they're going to be doubling up doubling up on Devontae and the 49er secondary isn't super great out wide so this is where Lazard might come in handy out outside and Rodgers actually leads the league in passer rating versus a four-man rush. So if that's what they're going to try to do, um, I mean, they're they're fucked, to say the least. Yeah. But that is also reliant on what weapons he has. And if Cobb and MVS are not out there, uh, Lazard needs to be having a good game. And he's been playing really well as late. He started really slow in there, and he still will miss a weird drop every now and again. Mm-hmm. But he has he has really cleaned that up a lot the last few weeks. So hopefully he continues because he's he's having one of his best seasons yet. Um but he needs to be focused and 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 playing well because it's he could put he could have the opportunity to put on a show on Saturday. Yeah I I definitely agree. I mean Lazard is he has he's ascended this year after starting a little slow, but he you know he, he's had his career high in receptions this year, and as of late, he's definitely been who you know we always say in this offense who is wide receiver two. I mean that all mm-hmm. rotates depending on matchups. Some games it's been Randall Cobb, some games it's been MBS, some games it's been Alan Lazard, but lately it has been Lazard, so that bodes well you know going into these into these playoff games. Right. Um, my 49er X factor is going to be Kyle Juszczyk. And that's because not only does he literally do a little bit of everything for them, um, but you know, the just like San Francisco is going to focus in on Adams. I mean, the Packers are going to be focused on Debo Samuel. Right. So a guy like Kyle Shanahan, who, you know, he plays the numbers game very well when you bring a guy into the box or you, or, you know, if you drop him deep and you're running a light box, like he will exploit, whatever numbers advantage he has. So a guy like Kyle Juszczyk, when your attention is focused on their, some of their other playmakers like George Kittle, I, he can do everything. So I think that's a guy that could potentially swing things in the 49ers way in this game. Um, and then as far as the Packers, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to split this cause it's the same position. It's either going to be like Josiah DeGuara or Tyler Davis for me. Um, because Tyler Davis, like since he's gotten here, he hasn't been here that long, but he's been targeted in almost every game that he's played in. And, you know, he should have had that touchdown against the Lions from Jordan Love, who made a great play, a great throw mm-hmm. on that on that play. Um, but yeah, I just think middle of the field stuff is 
going to be able to be attacked by the Packers. And, you know, you're going to get, you know, Tyler, you can get Tyler Davis running some of those seam routes. And DeGuara has been more involved lately in the past game. So I think the tight end could be something that, you know, surprises people on Saturday. Yeah, it's been interesting to see the Josiah um, Rogers connection kind of develop before our eyes this season. Yeah, because um, normally that's something that we might happen in the off season, but as we know, Rogers didn't really have much of an off season to really <laughs> make those um, kind of connections. And then he lost Tunyon, really. Um, you know, so obviously he he tore his ACL and was out for the season. So Deguara like had to come in like that. Yeah, game it, was the, and, it was the Arizona game, so I was yeah. October. Right. And Deguara came in and he, he had a couple, couple good plays in, in that game. And so we've actually gotten to see that relationship develop because obviously Josiah was had a torn ACL last year. So um, it's been kind of cool to see. So I would love for him to, to light it up um, kind of in, in prime time and in the playoffs. That would be exciting, uh, especially for the future of the Packers, because he is the future. Yeah. Yeah, so. and I, I I just think, you know, in general, this obviously is going to be a great matchup because these are two great teams. Um, but just the way that both of these coaches play chess, mm-hmm. like I, I it's amazing watching them go up against each other. I think that's one of the best matchups of the game is just to, right. you know, watch those guys put pieces in place. Right. And the only well, we'll get to this with your second question. Um, because there is but there is you know, a few, few criticisms of, of really each coach, but, yeah. um, it, it, it's fun, especially cause they, obviously they come from this, the same coaching tree and right, yeah. see, you know, them go against each other, especially, um, you know, this potentially pa- like passing the torch from Shanahan to, um, to Matt LaFleur, because Shanahan's obviously had the upper hand outside of this, this season. And I'm, you can't count last season because like everybody on the 49ers team was injured. Yeah. But, that, that game was, that game doesn't mean anything. Right. Right. But the, the, this one earlier this year was huge. And and there, it seemed like there was some tension in that handshake and there have been rumors about some tension. Shanahan said this week, they're all good, but you know, none, neither of them is going to admit to any issues because they're both um, pretty tight lipped about, um, yeah, it's kind of everything going on. It's like, it would be like having a, you know, a fight against someone that you spar with in training all the time. Like right. when the lights go on and then, you know, the bell goes and it's time to fight, you, you've trained with each other, you know, each other's tendencies, you, you know, you've interacted with each other a, a lot before the fight. So it's, yeah, it's just that, that kind of mentality. Right. So for my next question, kind of going on, kind of piggybacking off of that idea of um, there, the Packers have had some really good coming of age and getting over the hump and um, shaking off the boogeyman kind of games over the years. Um, what is your favorite? And this doesn't have to be Matt LaFleur related, doesn't have to be um, anything specific, just or from the last few few seasons under Matt LaFleur, it can be go back and go back further in the history books if you want. So I'm not going to go back too far. Um, it's one that I'm, I think a lot of other Packers fans would probably choose. And that's the the first time that this, that the Packers beat Brett Favre when he came uh, to Lambeau that mm-hmm. the Super Bowl year, um, just obviously we don't need to go into how rough and all the drama it was when they split. And then when, when he signed with the Vikings, but that first year they whooped us twice you know, they, they beat us pretty bad on Monday night football. And then he strolled into Lambeau and just eviscerated the Packers for four quarters. So 
as, as hard as that was for literally the next year, them to be able to get over that hump. I mean, that was such an emotional game. And that, I mean, that, that I'm sure was a galvanizing moment oh, yeah. for that Super Bowl team that year. Right. Cause it, it seems like, I don't know. I, I don't want to, I don't want to say this, but it, it's always felt like Rogers gets in his head a little too much sometimes. And I yeah, always wonder I, if I like things like that, where he can kind of, where he's got everything in control and then somehow he just doesn't put it all together. And it, like, I, I kind of compare it to like the yips of, of like what Simone Biles was talking about of like, right. you start to kind of overthink and you get in your own head and it fucks everything over. Or like yep. the one year that Mason was missing all those kicks in practice where it just everybody's, or he was missing them in games and they said in practice, he was fine. And it just seems there's sometimes Rogers is just not trusting his instinct and, it, and is feels too much pressure. Um, and I think he's done a really good job of that. He's become very Zen as we all know. And Um, so i think uh he's gotten better at that but that's always seemed kind of the thing of like it makes it harder um with that in the back of your mind so mine is going to be the first time that i kind of thought in my head brett who um because obviously the wound was still kind of open was um the 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 Super Bowl year, um, the divisional round against the Falcons. That was such a dominating performance by Aaron Rodgers at on their turf in prime time, it like in the playoffs. Like that was when I was like, oh shit. Like this that's, dude is like that's like, when you believed. Yes. That was the first <laughs> time that I was like, we're gonna be fine for a long time. Yeah. Where it was not, you know, because there were always some doubts, and obviously there were he had the concussion and that year and obviously there were just a lot of injuries and he he had always played really well but you're like I don't know like because it, it's it's hard to trust your instinct and to, to know what you're looking at and the anxiety gets to you but that was the first time that I was like this dude is legit the future of the NFL like this is a multiple time MVP and at the time was thinking multiple Super Bowl but we haven't <laughs> got there yet <laughs> I got one um, but that was the first time that I I had that level of confidence and and it kind of shook off the boogeyman of of how i feel um the rest of the nfl really looked at aaron Rodgers. yeah completely on display i was gonna say i i think at that point you know packers fans knew he was good because we had Mm -hmm. that 2009 year where they right had that crazy playoff game against the cardinals Mm -hmm. but yeah he came out that next year and had a very you know solid year he did get the two concussions so he got Mm -hmm. hurt but yeah, I mean, that really put him on the map in terms of we've never seen any quarterback do what he did that night. Like that right. was that was like like fans unnoticed, league unnoticed, like everybody. Right. So that was it, it felt like a not only just like from a fan perspective getting over a hump, but that was like a you know, a bat signal for everybody to see. Right, <laughs> right, right. And it felt like because at that point you you know you couldn't really compare him to Brett Favre at that point because Brett Favre had obviously done the Super Bowl thing but I I hate the Super Bowl argument obviously because there's so many factors that go into it but 
you know, you look at this Brett Favre multiple time MVP and Rogers wasn't there yet. And that was right. when I was like, he has arrived. That whole playoff run was uh, the NFC championship. He didn't have the best game, but in the Super Bowl, he played really well. But that Atlanta game was where it was like, this is the number one seed and he is picking them apart. Yeah, he's doing everything that he wants he to do. <laughs> and I mean, he ended up putting up with a bad game in the NFC championship game. He still broke a record for the best QB rating or passer rating in NFL playoff history Yep. with, with that run, even though he, because of that Atlanta game, he was so good. It was unbelievable. So that was for me, a really, um, a really passing of the torch moment was like, this is our new future MVP best. This, this guy at some point will be the best quarterback in the league. Yeah. And there, there are like a couple others to pick. I mean, we could have, you know, I, I was going to, I could go back a little bit into the, you know, mid nineties, I was young back then, but I do still remember, you know, beating the 49ers in 96 to go to the Super Bowl, like mm-hmm. in that, in that playoff run. Cause they, you know, the 49ers at that point had just beat us year after year in the playoffs. Um, that was another one. And then, you know, in the Aaron Rodgers era, there really hasn't been those like bugaboo teams necessarily. Like we've had the Niners a little bit recently, there was Seattle the Seahawks, for a little bit, yeah. but you know that we've talked, we talked about that during Seahawks week, that rivalry is weird because Russell Wilson's never won in Lambeau. And since mm-hmm. Russell Wilson's been in the league, Aaron Rodgers has never won in Seattle. So, right. It's just that every time during that one, that, that stretch, it was the Packers in the playoffs at Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, right, right now we, if we were going to record this, at the end of February, hopefully we both have a different answer because looks like we might have a chance here to get by two of those teams that have given us problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm 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 a little bummed also that uh, I mean not that I hate I mean I love seeing the Cowboys lose, but I we had said you know a couple weeks ago that our dream for the Packers would be to, you know, take down Mike McCarthy yeah, at we Lambeau wanted, field. We wanted it. And, and everyone it saw why. Yeah. Unfortunately <laughs> they shit the bed, but yeah, right. It would have been great to have them in like the NFC yeah. championship game. If that's our NFC championship opponent, but yeah. So right. my, my second yeah. question is going to be related to the coaches. So, you know, there's been that graphic going around on Twitter the last couple of days, you know, all the, these three whiz kid coaches of Lafleur. Shanahan and McVay they were all in the you know on the Redskins staff in 2013 everyone was like you know I can't believe the Redskins let all of these guys go you know back then in 2013 I don't think anyone other than maybe Kyle Shanahan was would have been offered a head coaching job by anybody and that would have seemed crazy back then too but I digress on that so those three like I said have kind of been known as like the whiz kids so because Matt LaFleur might have to beat both of them to ultimately get to this Super Bowl, depending on what happens with the Rams and the Bucks. How, in what order would you put those three? So rank them for me from first, second, and third. Yeah, this is tough. It, it, this is a tough one. There's just a lot of variables that come into play about rosters and, and that's not necessarily within their control. Um, so overall, I think, I think Shanahan's in that one spot because okay. I, I think he's had um, the, 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 the least amount of weapons on a roster. Um, and, and, and you talk about 
leading a team and with Jimmy G. I mean, Jimmy, he led Jimmy G to a Super Bowl like that, I think, is is a pretty big feat. And yeah. um, and and I know that I said, like, yeah, Jimmy G can operate within the offense, but you also need a star quarterback in in the league. I mean, outside of that, it's it's hard to win a Super Bowl or get there. Um so I think Shanahan has done the most with the least to work with because the quarterback is such a huge position. Um, and the only reason I don't put Matt LaFleur higher is because Matt LaFleur does have, um, they're kind of like one A and one B. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Matt LaFleur is kind of there because I think that um, he has brought out the best in Aaron Rodgers because you could argue, yeah, yeah he does have Aaron Rodgers and that is a huge, huge gain. You also could argue you know, he hasn't had like a ton of help on defense as, as much with, obviously we've seen Mike Pettin's defense last year wasn't really that good. And they were putting, giving up a lot of points. Um, but he still made it to the NFC championship game because he was able to completely reinvigorate Aaron Rodgers' career. Right. Um, and that offense. And I think that that is, is huge credit to him because I know everyone argues, and this is always so funny to me is that everyone argues that Rodgers was washed. That's why they they um, drafted a quarterback. But then yeah. they're also not willing to give Matt Lafleur credit right. for exactly. turning that around. It's it pisses me off so much. Yeah. Oh, um, it's easy. He has Aaron Rodgers. Oh, the Aaron Rodgers. That's not good anymore. <laughs> right. I mean, but you yeah, just okay. said like, well, maybe they wouldn't have drafted a quarterback if Aaron Rodgers was wasn't good. sucking. Like, yeah. okay, well, what happened between sucking and you know him not being good anymore? Something exactly. happened in that time span, and that was <laughs> Matt Lafleur getting hired. <laughs> Um, and I think that he's just commanded the locker room so well. Um, so third is obviously Sean McVay. And the reason is I literally didn't even remember that he went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was so not memorable, that team. Um, I, I guess it was another one of Tom Brady's Patriots Super Bowl games, which is probably why I just was so bored with it because it was only a few years ago and you refresh my memory that it was actually they probably should not have been there um and i mean they only put up three points so that tells you that they probably shouldn't have been there in the first place um but the saints that was the saints and the rams controversial pass interference interference, and on-call and um that game probably would have ended on a field goal kick for the rams which would not have gone to overtime which the league doubled down on that call also. <laughs> right. Like, but then completely changed the rule. <laughs> yeah. The next year. It's like, we didn't do anything wrong, but if, if now we you can did, challenge it. In, yeah. In case somebody else does it wrong. Cause we know we definitely didn't do that wrong, but. And then that sucked and they took it away the next year anyway. Right. <laughs> right. Cause nobody ever overturned it. I think there were like right. three overturnings out of yeah. like the 300. Yeah. <laughs> And because it was so bad and they intentionally just never overturned it because they were like, we don't want this rule and we want you right. to hate this rule. They still got it wrong. Awesome. Um, typical NFL. Uh, so I, I just don't feel like their teams have been that good and they have gotten so many weapons. I mean, they haven't had a first round pick. We talked about this last week since like since Aaron Donald and they don't have one for another few years because they've given it away to get players and they still are not even in my opinion a top two team left in the nfc playoffs yeah i mean i argue they weren't even a top three because i thought the cowboys were better i still think that the cowboys could beat them um you know but obviously the cowboys aren't in it anymore but I, you know to have all those assets and to not be able to put it together because 
you know, it just doesn't seem to be meshing well enough that you have to completely rely on your role players to do all the work is, is why I just, I, I put them at, at number three. Yeah. So I, now full disclosure, I do think, I think Matt LaFleur is the best of the three. Like I mm -hmm. absolutely believe that in my heart, in my brain, but I can't list him above those guys yet because like you just talked about both of those guys have been to super bowls um they have done it with quarterbacks that aren't even in the same multiverse as aaron Rodgers. <laughs> right, right. um jared goff so, <laughs> yeah like i mean so the fact you know and i do think shanahan is number one for very similar reasons um he has gotten just as far as mcveigh but also his teams have he's dealt with some like horrific injuries some years, just the way that the Packers have this year and navigated those enough to, you know, keep them in contention or get them into the playoffs a couple of years here. So yeah, I'm, I think Matt's the best. I can't list him as the best. Um, it's awesome that he really gets a chance to show or might get a chance to show that he's better than both of them by beating them mm -hmm. in these next two rounds. Um, I mean, what an awesome, like, story that would be. Like, these, this guy, you know, these three guys grew up in the NFL coaching together, you know, if you want to put it that way. And now they've, they're, they're going to face each other on the biggest stages, and you beat all of them to finally get over that hump that you've been stuck at and get into the Super Bowl. Like, that's an amazing story on its own. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I definitely see where you're coming from because that was that was really the only reason that I could put Shanahan ahead of Lafleur was because he's been a Super Bowl. And you could argue I should, I guess, put McVeigh up there too. I just don't. I just think Lafleur is that much better. That yeah, you know, McVeigh has had like that defense that he's had and had, um, you know, a serviceable quarterback. And um, you know, I, yeah. I think Matt Stafford is better than Jimmy G. Um, he's a little more risky, but I think overall he's um, he's got a more of an accuracy, like that he can hit the long ball a little bit better, at least yeah, based on my eye test. I don't know the statistics, but Stafford is closer to a quarterback that can win the game for you than yes. Jimmy G is. Yes, that's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. And and I still don't think that they are good enough on offense. And you just have OBJ, you have Cooper Cup. Um, you know, there's no reason that you should not be that they, they like, I just don't think all the pieces are fitting together. And a big part of that is Sean McVay. Um, yeah. And you know, to, to be honest, I mean, right now, I mean, you could argue that LaFleur has shown he's better, right? I mean, mm -hmm. they've, they've beat, he's beaten McVay twice. He's beaten the, he's beaten the Niners this year. Um, so recently he has had the upper hand and he has shown himself to be better, but it's just like, we've said so many times on this show this year, everything comes down to whether or not they can win this last game and get into the Super Bowl. Like that so much hinges on that. It, you know, there was a, you know, people have been talking about, I saw going around earlier this week, like if they actually go to the Super Bowl just to make it, like not even say they're going to win it, but like whose legacy is impacted the most by that. And, you know, like Matt LaFleur, like I think he's, fine where he's sitting right now like he's gotten to the champ game two years in a row it looks like we both expect it to be three so i mean his legacy is good he just has to you know he's already won more than any other coach in his first three years and all the stats you want to throw out there it's just win win the game that has given you an issue these last two years 
You're on mute right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I knew I, I figured there's a conversation happen. happening in my house and it's yeah. a little loud so I can hear it. So I've been trying to mute myself so it's not disturbing. But um I I the the other and the other thing that I, you know, I, I kind of mentioned earlier is the lack of energy of, of this team. Like that's the only real, you know, kind of flaw that um is you know, it seems to be that there's some issue coming into the game that they, they take his, forever to get started. And, yeah. His teams come out flat too often. Yeah. And that, you know, the first drive, they can't score this season. And yeah. the lions game was weird because that's, they actually came out with some energy and it was like, this is a meaningless game, but all right. Um, and you know, it's the playoffs. You cannot afford to just give your for your opponent the first quarter to do whatever they want. Right. You know, the difference is this defense is so much better that they can get away with it, but you don't want that to be the issue in the playoffs. And I think the other issue that has that they've struggled with is um, you know, that iconic quote, and I've mentioned it before on this show, um, that we all love the all gas, no fucking break, that everyone was making shirts with it saying that, like everybody that turned into this big meme. And have we ever seen an all gas, no fucking breaks game from Matt not, Lafleur? Not, not as much as the phrase is used. No. Right. Like against the Titans, obviously that was a game like this season. I mean, have they really completely smothered a team? I mean, cause even Seattle, it was 17 and zero, but the offense only put up 17 points. Right. D- defense was amazing. That game offense right. was kind of just going through the motions. Right. And, yeah, I mean, you would you would argue the Vikings game was complete, but whatever they they were down their starting quarterback, so mm-hmm. that's kind of difficult to put in that category. Right, and the Bears of the Bears, can you really right. argue against that? You know, it <laughs> it hasn't really felt like the Packers have been in control, and that they the Bears almost came back anyways because of our special teams just shit the bed that that week. I mean, they do every week, but that was that one in particular. But it hasn't felt like a complete um, ass kicking yet. And it would be really nice to see that in the playoffs. And I think that would really establish because this team has the weapons and the resources to put a team away early and completely step on their throats. And they haven't done that yet. So that would be awesome to see. And that would really go far in where he ranks on this list. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, that is all of our questions. Um, so as we do every week, we're going to go with a score prediction. Um, so Packers 49ers Saturday night Lambeau field, who you got winning and what's the score. So I just want to start by saying, I think it's like, it feels amazing to like be at this point right now because you and I have both, you know, been waiting for this the whole regular season, you know, like it, Feels, it felt like a formality they were going to get a buy as the season went on a little bit there. But yeah, I think, I think it's going to be awesome. I mean, fans returning um, a night game, like there's nothing like night playoff games at Lambeau, in my opinion. Like I was so excited when I saw that they were getting the, they were going to get the later game. Uh, I think it's going to be good. I mean, these guys, the guys that you have coming back, whether or not they play most of the snaps, I would tend to believe most of them won't, but you know, I mean, if you can get a, we talked about Jimmy G's a totally different quarterback when you can pressure him. And now you get your full complement of pass rushers, including one, including two, you did not think were coming back this year in Zedarius right. and Whitney Merciless. And you get them both back. It, it appears that they're both going to be able to go. I mean, the fact that you're going to have a consistent pass rush, 
you've got the three best cornerbacks left in the playoffs easily um mm-hmm. for sure in the nfc um so you'd argue even four yeah four because you know everybody shits on him and loves dragging him but kevin right. king has actually had a really solid season yeah i mean his if kevin has been if kevin out king of this your, world this season if kevin king's your fourth corner right. i mean i feel pretty good about that against basically anybody right because nobody's running the 2011 packer wide receiver core out there against us <laughs> <Right>. so <laughs> right um but yeah I, I think they're gonna be able to play solid defense um i I really do think the offense is going to have a, a decent game. And I think it's going to be a big Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams game. I mean, in the first game, I think Adams got 18 targets, which is absurd, but the 49ers secondary has gotten worse since then. It's not Mm -hmm. good at all. So I think they're going to be able to feast and I think they're going to be able to take what they want. Um, I'm not going to like call for a crazy blot or anything, but I do think, like we said, if the Packers just play their game, they win by two, at least two scores. I'm going to say 28 to 17. Um, okay. I think I, I think the offense, I think we actually are going to be able to start fast if they get the, I, I hope they don't defer. I hope they take the ball. They win mm-hmm. the coin toss. I think they can get a fast start to build off of the fast start they had in Detroit. They even said we wanted to make it a point to score on our first drive. And obviously, mm-hmm. yes, I'm sure they always want to make score yeah. on the first drive, but it was an it was emphasized this week. And starting fast when you have a quarterback that isn't going to give the team extra chances I, is huge, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a more of a tone setter than coming out and forcing a three and out or something on defense. But um, yeah, so I'm going to say 28-17, and Lambo's going to be rocking. And I wish I was going, but mm-hmm. I'll have my TV blasting. <laughs> Get the whole vibe. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. I just don't think that the 49ers have what it takes to uh, win this game, um, unless the Packers just completely go rogue and put up a performance like they did against the Saints, which I don't think is going to happen again. I think that yeah. was a pretty embarrassing you know, game. I just don't think that that's going to happen again. And um, like we, you had said, and we had talked about earlier, their secondary is, is the place to, to target. And I just think with Rogers playing the way that he's been playing the past, you know, month or so he's really in his own and he wants to prove why he's the MVP. Cause you've got, you know, clowns from chicago saying that he isn't voting for him for certain reasons like yeah rogers we know takes shit personally and yes. he's gonna be like fine i will prove to you why i am the most valuable person out on um the field this week so he he's definitely gonna be making a statement so i, I just think rogers is gonna feast um and i'm and hope and i think they're just gonna have complete control over the game offensively and defensively not worried about it at all i think um I'm really excited to see uh, the pass rush because they've been so much fun to watch. And like you said, getting Z and Merciless back in there. I'm really excited for Merciless because it broke my heart for him when he got injured because he was finally getting out of this horrible Texan situation and then to play on a contender and then something like that happens. And, you know, same thing with Randall Cobb. Right. Right. Yeah. Literally the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, and so, the, you know, having these two guys out there and, 
you know, being able to potentially contribute to a Super Bowl run is, is really, really cool. So it, it'll be exciting to watch those two guys, um, especially if you heard like Cobb's like really emotional. Oh, yeah, um, that interview, I couldn't even get through it. Oh my God, like that was and it's crazy. Like, I mean, it's it, it's my opinion that not everyone loves the game and playing it the way guys like Randall Cobb do. Um, it's like the NFL is like any other job, believe it or not. I mean, these are super freak gladiator humans, but like some of them do it for their job because they're good at it. Right. It might not be their life, you know, or anything like that. But when you hear stuff like that, I mean, to know how much it means to guys like that, I, and I, I said to somebody earlier this week, I was like, yeah, obviously I want the, you know, it'd be awesome for Aaron Rodgers to get his second ring. Like, but I don't even care about that as much as I care about guys like Big Dog and Adams and Cobb mm-hmm. getting their first ring. Like that is to me as a fan, like I would be way happier for those guys because Aaron Rodgers is gonna be one of the greatest ever, even if he doesn't ever win another Super Bowl or another right. playoff game. Right. So Right. And and I'm at this point like even wanting Razul Douglas to get that ring because Well, he, he does have one. Who is he with? The his, it was either his rookie year or his second year he was on the Eagles. Oh, they, like I knew he was on the Eagles. How I don't even yeah. know how. Oh, I, I mean, he's totally been he's been on like that. five right, teams. Right, so. that's right. And then yeah, because there was that clip that went kind of a little viral this week of him with the Panthers, yep. smiling at Rogers doing the I yep. Love Gold from last um, year. Yeah, and then yeah, and then he ends up on that team. But he had a really good interview. If you haven't read it, it's from the Ringer, I believe, with Marine Marin yeah. Bader. I don't know how to say her name. I, I apologize. Yeah, she's the um, same she, one that wrote the Giannis book. I was about to say yeah, she wrote the Giannis book, and she had a really really great profile on him and, and talked to him and, and the wonderful things he said had to say about the Green Bay organization and playing for the team were really, really cool. So please go check that out if you can. Um, so after reading that, I'm like, he needs a ring because we, we he's priced himself out of Green Bay. So like, <laughs> we need to give it to him right now. So <laughs> yeah. And the, and the, I mean, the thing is like, obviously last year you could tell, you know, how important it was and how much it meant to these guys. But like, this year, I mean, like, it feels even ratcheted up to 10. Like, mm-hmm. there was that video yesterday of Rogers narrating mm-hmm. that made me want to run through a wall. And then today, they put one out of Big Dog narrating, yeah. and I ran through the other side of the wall. Like, it, <laughs> like ran back through. <laughs> yeah, like, they are, like, you can just tell, like, the, and some people would say, like, okay, well, that's putting a lot of pressure on themselves, you know, but. The, there is the, you can't put any more pressure on these guys already like they're the one seed they're playing at home they mm-hmm. they were in the same situation last year like everybody knows like this year was great and they were a great team but it all comes down to this right now even more so than these other teams because this Packers team is only about what they do in the playoffs like that's their their measuring stick now is why the hell hasn't this team been in the Super Bowl at least one of right. these last two years. Right. And they, yeah, they have a big hill to climb. So yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully we'll be talking in a week about prepping for an NFC championship game. Um, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you? So you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Ferd Turgeson. It's F E R D underscore T U R G E S O N. And you can find me on Twitter at H-E-R-O-I-N-E. You can also catch me on Brandon Off Topic on Tuesdays. And then I'm actually, this is coming out on Saturday. Another podcast that comes out on Saturday is Hey, We Like Your Pod uh, with 
Don and Matt, and I'm going to be uh, a guest this week. I'm actually recording that like in an hour. <laughs> that's that's going to be awesome. I, yeah. their, their show is great. So you'll have yeah. a blast doing that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So I'm really excited. Um, so yeah, so make sure you uh, go find them wherever you can find um, your podcasts. And uh, we will see you next week, hopefully to break down um, or look ahead to an NFC championship game. So It will be. Yes. <laughs> All right. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.